Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, coming to you in a very uh, unusual week. We're talking playoffs and we're talking tropical storm, hurricane. We're in. Uh, we're only in about uh, the first week of November, Sponge, and we're still talking tropical storm, hurricane. Something we expected early on in the season, but man, November hurricane. Uh, we're already pushing games this week already to uh, you know Saturday games instead of Friday night. You know, first round playoffs. You know, Friday night playoff games now. Going to be a Saturday evening. Yeah, and a Monday playoff I'm, game, right, too, I'm, with Mandarin. Unbelievable yeah, that we're dealing with this. You know, sometimes the Florida weather, we can't control it, and it's just sometimes it can get nasty. I don't know. So. Unexpected kind of uh, playoff situations this week. So, um, games still obviously kind of shift, shifting around, but we'll we'll get to those in a minute. But right now we've got uh, – we still have 12 playoff games on Friday night, so that's the, that's the good news. We do have – Several on Saturday and also one even into next week on Monday. So we'll get to those games in a minute. Hopefully no more changes to that. But before we look at week 13, our first week of the playoffs, let's take a quick glance back at last week. A couple of sponges that stood out to me last week, University Christian 29, Bishop Kenny 10. I thought that was a big performance from UC, especially after what Bishop Kenny did to Bulls a week earlier. Yeah, you know, we talked about Bishop Kenny and, like, where their involvement was, where they've, you know, finally knocked out – Bowls, which had been their perennial, you know, L all the time since way back in the 70s. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about how good they've been, but, you know, how good are they really technically? And uh, UC's been kind of like good all season. They've been really consistent. They've been a top team in our poll, been, you know, banging with everybody, had the tough loss to Trinity. So it was like, where are these two, two teams at this late in the season? How much is on the line in this game? You know, that whole deal we were talking about playoffs, like, you know, resting players and, and not resting players back in the day. But this is kind of one of those statement games, kind of mm-hmm. like a little rivalry of, uh, you know, private schools. You know, so I think UC kind of uh, stamped the nail that, hey, we're, we're one of the top teams in the area, private school-wise. You know, you guys beat Bowles, cool. We just smashed all this yeah. week. So we're I, 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 was kind of surpri- I was kind of surprised about the – I wasn't surprised that UC won the game. I was surprised more at the number, mm-hmm. you know, so – I thought UC would win, but I didn't think they would basically handle them with no problem. Yeah, that that game I was there, and Bishop Kinney, right off the bat, a pickoff of UC. They end up scoring a touchdown right there to come come uh, come up seven zero, and then UC responded. Orel Gray had a big run on fourth and uh, fourth and short. He took it uh, down inside the five, and then scored on the next play, and uh, that really kind of. Got UC stabilized, and again, 29-10, I thought that was going to be a, a one-score game. You know, the field goal maybe separating those two, but, man, UC a statement win. You know, maybe Bishop Kinney, and it. I look back at that BK Bowles game, and, you know, Bowles, I think, may have been, when you have oh, history, 45 yeah. years over a team, you're not really concerned that, hey, this, this team's going to. overlooked them a little bit. I do think, you know, and being at Bowles for, for early signing day today and talking to some of the Bowles folks, I do think there was a little bit of, um, overlooking Bulls players, possibly overlooking a Bishop Kinney team that they'd beaten, um, you know, hadn't lost to since 1977. So I do think a little bit of that. I think BK, on the other hand, was absolutely amped up and jacked and ready to prove that they belonged. And um, I think you, when you combine those two things, Tim Krause had his team focused and they took advantage of the opportunity. I do think a, a rematch in the playoffs would be a little bit different think, if those two I, got together. I think Bowles waxes them this next time around if they play I think it's, I think it's a different story there. But, um, again, I, I maybe a little bit of a hangover last week for BK against UC. Um, you already get the district championship and, and whatnot. But a good win for David Penland and the Christians. Orell Gray, to me, right now he's probably – 
my offensive player of the year. Yeah, why not? He is absolutely a why home not? run he's, player. He's definitely dynamic with it. He can score at any time he gets the ball on the field. Um, he's electric. You know, he's one of those electric guys. And uh, definitely been the engine that's basically carried that offense for sure. Yeah, unbelievable season for Moro Gray. So that was a Thursday night game last week. Uh, some others on Friday night, Bartram Trail 42, Manor 20. That was a, a close game. They just pulled away at the end. A big one, Bowles 49, Buholtz 28. I did not see that coming. I thought Buholtz would handle Bowles. And again, Bowles, I think that, that shows maybe that Kenny lost. It, they were yeah. a little bit not focused. And mm-hmm. man, they bounced back. And Buholtz, maybe they're um, maybe their third toughest regular season game of the year behind Benedictine and Brunswick. And, man, Buholtz couldn't stand, yeah. couldn't stand toe-to-toe with I was, Bowles. I was surprised at the number on that one, too, because, uh, we, you know, we see Bowles. They had the, the four losses on the year, kind of struggled here and there, just lost to Bishop Kenny, a team they probably shouldn't have lost to. And then, you know, how would they end up going out on that, you know, last game of the season to go out on a high note or kind of go out on a limp, you know, and they – kind of flex their muscle when you score 49 on a team that's as yeah. good as Buholtz has been, especially they're usually a defensive-minded team and usually uh, solid on the defensive end to score 49. Kind of gets you a little momentum going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. So I think that was a big, huge big-time win. win. Yeah, huge win. I mean, that's the difference between Bowles going to the playoffs at 5-5, five and five, yeah. and you get that massive win, and that bumps you up to a third seed in the playoffs. And, you know, beyond the seed, what that does for them momentum-wise and confidence-wise after playing such a difficult schedule, you win by three touchdowns over a, a Buholtz team that is, you know, a state semifinalist last year. Excellent way to rebound for those guys on San Jose Boulevard. Creekside 47, Ponte Vedra 23, big win for the Knights. Kicked uh, kicked in the Ponte Vedra Sharks' playoff hopes in that one. The upset of the week to me, mm-hmm. First Coast 30, Jackson 17. The guys on Main Street, again, I think maybe a similar situation to BK. You came off a massive high winning a district championship against Reigns the week earlier, and you come in into a game, you've already sewn up the number Clinched one everything. seed and your district championship and first coast absolutely needed that that victory to, to get in the playoffs. I talked to Marty Lee before the Fletcher game. He said even if they had lost to Fletcher, they had a pretty good feeling that if they upset Jackson in week 11, they would make the postseason. That came to fruition. But does that alarm you for Jackson, that loss? It does. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Because I, I, Jackson's been – They've been consistently the who they are all mm-hmm. season, you know. But in my opinion, they've also been playing with fire and razor's edge to where you almost have to play a perfect game sometimes to get wins. When you win really close games, it's good and bad. You know, it's good for you because you're a team that knows how to win the close game. You know how adversity hits and, you know, you find a way to win. Those good teams do find ways to win those tight one-score close ball games. But on the flip side of that, too – Sometimes you might not have any business being in those games to mm-hmm. where you should beat a team, you know, w- with no problem. Not saying they should have just blazed first goes up, but you know, you think back to like the Riverside game, who they're playing in the first round, six to two. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're messing around, so one score game. If you know a fluke fumble or something, Riverside scoops and scores, you lose nine to seven. You know, and then you're like, man, how did we lose this game to a team that had three or four wins? Yep. You know, so I we talked about some of their offensive uh, deficiencies and how. You know, the offense kind of – it it, ca- it carries what they do on offense because they're defensively going to be pretty good. But I was kind of surprised at how First Coast was able to kind of move up and down the yep. field and score points on them. Tisdale did a good job, you know, throwing the ball. Uh, First Coast had a good offensive attack that night and just kind of did what they wanted. And I think they were up 21-0, and mm-hmm. it was just like, whoa. Yeah, you know, they, so and that's I, the most it, they've it, given it, up it is, a, it is a little alarming for sure, you know, to – 
Because then now you're you also you're, you're coming back round one. It's good. You want to get back on the field, get that sour taste out of your mouth. But then also too, could that loss have a lingering effect of man? Whoa, what? Like man, we just didn't play good, and, and all of a sudden you kind of just it kind of lingers mm-hmm. into this week, and you're not you don't play as well. All of a sudden you're in a dogfight with Riverside, and next thing you know, you're out of the playoffs. You know, first round mm-hmm. exit, and you're the one seed, and you've been. You know, one of the top teams in, in Jacksonville all, all season, and you're just like, man. So I it's, definitely think they need to tighten up. They need to have a good week of practice. Hopefully, this hurricane, uh, tropical storm, you know, hasn't like derailed their schedule, so they can kind of stay on schedule and and you know just do what they've been doing all year and just be consistent. I think they get the win Friday, but definitely a little light bulb went they, off. Like, uh, hello. They, they, you know, they have had kind of ebbs and flows in the last month of the season. I thought the Riverside game you mentioned is a good example, 6-2. to two, And really, Riverside should have won that game. I was there for the first half in that game, and Riverside dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Uh, Jackson had a scoop-and-score opportunity, and a Riverside player knocked the ball loose. Um, right at the right at the goal line, it was fumbled out of bounds uh, from the end zones. So or Riverside retained possession. I mean, just so many opportunities in that game to switch either way, and that was a that was a huge win for Jackson because again they had not beat Riverside since when it was Lee back in yeah. uh, 2010. So that was a massive win for them. But you got to play better, Riverside. To me, that first round matchup is a little bit a little bit we'll scary see, for the Jackson. Other, the other thing too, I will say this as well. That was kind of when Riverside kind of turned the corner late in their season. Right, they, they had lost a lot of games. You know, they started off one, you know, two in a row. Then they kind of played some teams that were, you know, a little bit more powerful on the schedule. And then me watching them play against Trinity, I was kind. Of, they they played Trinity well, you know. Yes. And, and I know early in the Trinity game, things just didn't go Trinity's way. They got down inside the red zone, came up empty on a fourth down. Then they went down and had a touchdown call back. Then they had like a muff punt, an interception, freaky play. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like back and forth to where they kind of let Riverside hang around. And then later in that game, Darnell had the big kickoff return. And then they kind of flexed and scored a couple late touchdowns in Trinity. But that was a know, tie game. But, in the it, was, but it, was, it was close. Right. And, so, and then, but what I'm saying is after the uh, Trinity game, I think Riverside kind of found themselves like, hey, Maybe we're we're not a three win team. Maybe we're not as bad as what you know our record is indicating. Yep. And they kind of they played a, a close game and then they won three in a row or two in a row or whatever it is. And they needed to to beat exactly. Rebalt to win exactly and to, to get did. in the playoffs. And they did that exactly. last week. So they, Riverside's got momentum going in, knowing that they played this team well and tough already once. So you know, de- definitely they should, they should have confidence that like, hey, yep. we're the eight seed. We can. This is the alleged number one seed in this region, and you know, we probably should have beat them. Like, let's go knock them off. Yep, so and that, I, I do think that they have really found some momentum. Antoine Nicholas has got those guys playing well. Devin Herring is coming to his own as a quarterback. He did throw a couple picks last week on back-to-back throws um, against Rebalt, but they have proven that they are not a team that's a, a fluke team, that they have, can can kind of get jawed, hit in the face a couple times, and bounce back and get off the canvas. So um, I do think Riverside is peaking at the right time. Really, you, you kind of tried to find your footing for the, about the first six games of the season. And these last, you know, the last month of the year, they really, to me, kind of found an identity. Yeah. Um, and that's tough defense and, and being able to throw the ball a little more consistently with Devin Herring. So I do like that matchup. Another couple from last week, Middleburg 28-14, they get in the play 
playoffs at 5-5 five and five after an 0-4 start. Nice one. Nice, we, we kind of harped on them all season for the struggles. 1-8 and eight going into the Tacoy Creek game. The Toros, all they had to do was win that game, and they're in the playoffs. Nice beats them by 30, which I, I did see coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nice has you know, been snake-bitten this season. They played good teams, had a rough defense, but um, yeah, Colin Drafts had his guys ready to play last week, and they finished 2-8. and eight. Not a good season for Nice, but that's a way to, to go out strong. You knock a county rival out of the the postseason. St. Augustine 42, Palatka 10 in our game of the week. No surprise there. Um, Swanee 10, Bradford 7. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been high on Bradford a lot of the year, and they couldn't get that offense going last week. Yeah, definitely had struggles against a good Swanee team. And, you know, obviously, if you're if you're a coach and you're like, you can hold a team to 10, you would expect to Going to win that game. Expect to win. So, uh, you know, maybe this is one of those – you know, we talked about, you know, going in the playoffs on a, a losing streak or being alarmed or whatever. I'm not alarmed by it. I think Swanee's a good team. I think Bradford's been consistently good all year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those, hey, it's it's like a gut check game. Like, all right, hold on. Maybe we're not as good as what we think we are. Let's get back in here. Let's get back to business. You know, get the offense cranked up again. Because you know the defense is going to come yep. to play. So, I think they'll be fine. And I, I like the way their region sets up. Yeah, so I do I, think they could meet Swanee again in, in possibly the state semifinal round. Right. So that would be a good shot there. I think Bradford gets out of that region. No problem there. A couple more. White, 28. Baldwin, 0 last week. And then Wolfson, 17. Inglewood, 16. That's a huge win for Step Durham and the Wolfpack. They finished 5-5. Five and five. A great season there in very tough district, too. You know, they're in there with Episcopal and Bowles, Bishop Kenny. So to beat Inglewood, I covered the Inglewood Wolfson game in the finale in 2021, and Inglewood absolutely mauled Wolfson. So new coaching staff this year at Wolfson. They really had an opportunity to make the playoffs. You know, had they beaten Providence earlier in the year, they would have made the postseason. They'd have been six and four. So Step Durham has that program going in the right direction. So great. Finish at 500 for Wilson. Good things going there. So as we kind of shift away from week 11, let's do as we always do and look at our top 10 teams. I've got kind of a a unique situation. I've got two teams tied for 10th in my final rankings this week's bunch. So i got Bowles and Bishop Kinney tied at number 10, Reigns at 9, White at 8, Jackson at 7, Bradford 6, Fletcher 5, Creekside 4, University Christian 3, Bartram Trail 2, Trinity Christian won. So the two 10 and 0 teams in our Florida covered region finished one, two, and that's, yeah, they, they, they haven't stayed, changed in yeah, weeks. They stayed there. That's my top three as well, too. I've got UC bumped up all the way to number three, too, just because they've been consistently winning and they've won some, you know, tough games against some good teams. Nine and one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can, only, you can only do what your schedule says, but I've got Creekside at four as well. I got Fletcher five, Bradford at six, Jackson seven, Ed White, Reigns, and Bishop Kenny round out the top 10. Okay. So, yeah, very I mean, similar. It's, it's pretty much the same. You know, I don't have the, I don't have the extra team in there, but it's, it's all <laughs> I know. Good. I cheated this week and <laughs> threw an extra one in there. All right, we have been waiting and, and kind of watching all season long to get to this point. We are in the postseason sponge, first season of Suburban and Metro. And let's go through some of our regions here, a couple of the um, – just let's, let's play, plow through our Suburban region first. And if you remember, this season was voted on to split the, the Metro – schools from the Suburbans. So we're going to have three sets of state champions this year, Suburban state champs, Metro state champs, and rural state champions. So three kind of separate classifications. So in Region 1-4-S, Flagler-Palm Coast at Bartram, Creekside at Navarre, Region 1-3-S, uh, Choctahatchee at St. Augustine, Middleburg at Pensacola, Scambia, and Lincoln out of Tallahassee against Columbia, Region 1-2-S. Um, we've got Swanee hosting Walton, 
in that one. Region 2-2S, I like this one. Crescent City at Bradford. Palatka at Baldwin. Uli at Baker County. So let's let's take those and kind of look at suburban as a whole. I, I've looked at Region 1-4S. I like Bartram Trail mm-hmm. to get out of there. I think we could see a Bartram Creekside in round two, but I like Bartram to get to the state semifinals and potentially play for a title. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that at all, and I'm totally on board with their their region because um, it looks like it could be a lot of rematches. Mm-hmm. Now they always say it's it's hard to beat a team twice and all that stuff, but you know just looking at those two games they played if they match up against Creekside and then they potentially play Buholtz in that next round, you know that's two teams that they beat, two teams that they kind of handled with no problem. Now it's probably not going to be as easy the second time around, but you know, they've – I think Bartram's, like, putting it all together. We mm-hmm. talked about, you know, one week it's offense, one week it's defense. You know, can they put it all together? And they kind of started doing that. So, I, I like them coming out of that region. And I think potentially they would have to play in the state semi would be a Lakeland, mm-hmm. which would be – Or a Vieira or – so yeah, this, this is my question because I, I didn't – do they reseed when you get to the Final Four? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So, so you reseat, you'll take the highest, and you know Bartram is one of the highest in right. suburban, so they would play, probably, likely draw the number one seed there, and then they would be, and they would play the four, and then the two, and the mm-hmm. three. Would play. Yeah, gotcha. So that that's where it'd be interesting to see where that would fall with who comes out of those other. I think Lakeland's going to get there. Um, Vieira's in another one. Vieira, and then I, th- I want to say is it is Vero Beach in that one as well? That's a good question. I don't have. I, the, I, I don't have the full breakdown, but anyway, I do like. I like Bartram's shot of definitely getting into the Final Four. I do, then, too. I, then, I like, it, then it's basically, hey, who do you, who's your matchup? We'll see how it plays out. But definitely I like them, you know, to, to beat Flagler Palm Coast. And then I, I think Creekside's going to win as well on, on Friday. And then um, – That sets up a it, massive it, game next the, week. The, 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 like we talk about, the panhandle, you know, Niceville has been always consistently really, really good. You know, you had the Nice upset them last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Buholtz, like we said, has been really, really good. So that is going to be a heck of a matchup. So I'm, I'm assuming Buholtz takes care of business because I'm going to stay with the. Uh, let's, let's knock the panhandle yeah. out of here. Let's stay, let's stay <laughs> with our area. So I'm looking at the the Buholtz Bartram rematch to take it to the to the semis. So I, I like where Bartram's at, and I think I think they're going to keep it rolling. That would be an interesting matchup. Bartram Creekside regular season games are amazing. Yeah. At Bartram Creekside in the second round of the playoffs would be phenomenal. I, I don't. Want to overlook Flagler Palm Coast because they're an eight seed and here a district champ eight seed. Um, very weird with the FHA how they brand stuff and mm-hmm. you know Palm Coast a district champ, a deceptive four and six. They had to forfeit three victories, so they should be seven and three on the field. Um, but they're an eight seed going there. Flagler Palm Coast is a, is a good team, so I think that's a tricky opener for the Bears. But I do th- still think they get past that region one three S. Uh, St. Aug, Middleburg, and Columbia are our local teams there. Um, I do like I like St. Augustine and I like Columbia yep. in those openers. I'm, I think the Middleburg game is, is tough. Yeah, Scambia is always a tough team. They've been pretty good out of the panhandle for the last several years. I do like St. Aug over Choctaw. Um, I think they kind of got some momentum riding in. They've won uh, some games down the stretch. Yep. To, you know, They've, they've kind of got some things clicking. They scored, obviously, a lot of points last week on Palatka. And then we kind of talked about Columbia all year as like, Man, if this team, are they finally if they, clicking? I, if they could put are it all, they to, if clicking? they can put it all together, I like this team. So Lincoln, I think, is in a bit of a down year. I would say they're not as strong as they have been. So you knock them off, and then you know, see what happens with the Scambia the next week. You know, yep. just you know, I, you got the playmakers to make some noise, and you know, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they get past round one, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know? 
So region, um, or let's just say class 2S. So we've got Swanee in there as uh, as one region, um, one region guy. So uh, and that's in region 1-2S. And the other region 2-2S, some local teams here, yeah. Bradford hosting Crescent City, Palatka going to Baldwin, Yulee at Baker County. Those three games, I think Palatka could very well beat Baldwin. I think Yulee could very well beat Baker County. That was a good regular yeah. season game between those two. Um, and I think Bradford is the heads-on favorite uh, in that region. Yeah, I think Bradford, I, I, when I saw that, when, when I was pre-seeing it, looking at it before the playoffs brackets were even out, I was like looking at who the potential matchups and who was going to be there kind of you know weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, Bradford can come out of this I mm-hmm. think, with no problem. Now, obviously, you know, the – can't have score ten points, you know, but their defensive, you know, they they played Baldwin and Baker and mm-hmm. knocked those two teams off, and kind of with no problem, right? So you think they would beat Crescent City, who I don't think is very good at all, and like you said, the two other games, Palaka Baldwin and Yuli Baker, can kind of go 50-50 right. either way. I'll probably lean towards the higher seeded teams or the lower seeded team, however you want to classify it as getting the win. So I think Baldwin Baker win, but. I think Bradford can beat both of them as well again yeah. the second for a second time around. Yeah, I do. I think Bradford is the is the head, uh, the easy pick in that region just for what they've done against some of those teams that they've already beat. I mean, they beat Palaka by twenty one. They shut Baldwin out. They shut Baker County out. Shut Yulee out. Um, or actually, they didn't play Yulee. Um, but you know, shut out two or three of these teams that they could potentially face. Yeah, so, so then they would potentially, like you say, play uh, maybe play a Swanee in, in the in the final the, four in the or, semifinals. Or, yeah, depending on how that breaks down after the right the so, final, yeah they could play I, in the state championship i guess i do th- i think that bradford was, is a good state no, championship i, I think they're very viable and very capable of getting there i mean you, if if swanee is another team that's going to be in the final four you just banged with them the last week of the season in a 10 to 7 defensive slugfest mm-hmm. you know why can't you beat them this next time around or whoever's coming on the other two sides of the bracket to be like okay can y'all bang with uh, mm-hmm. swanee and, and um, bradford so I like where the tornadoes are sitting right now. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a good uh, – that region right there is Bradford's to lose. So uh, let's switch gears to Metro real quick. Um, region 1-4-M, we have Mandarin, which is an eight seed, hosting the number one seed in the region, which is a little strange. Seminole, that game's been moved to Monday. Uh, region 1-3-M, first coast, uh, snuck into the playoffs as number eight seed. They're going to Orlando-Edgewater. That's a tough game for them. Uh, Tampa Bay Tech going to Fletcher. Uh, in Region 1-2-M, this is kind of the uh, the local region of regional flavor. I mean, God, seven of eight teams here are local teams. Mm-hmm. Riverside at Jackson, we touched on that one. Orlando Bishop Moore, the outsider of this region. Uh, they play at Bishop Kenny Episcopal Bowls. Reigns at White, that's an excellent region. Now let's go into uh, dip into Region 3-1-R. Um, that's the rural. They uh, That's the, the smaller classification. It used to be 1A. It's Fort White. We'll go to Madison County. Hilliard and Union County have buys uh, in that first one. So, Sponge, we'll take a, a little bit of a, a stroll through Metro. Manor's got a tough one. Definitely. Stanford Seminole, Stanford Seminole's been – you know, one of the top teams out of Orlando, you know, several years they won a state title. Mm-hmm. They've, they've always got dudes. Definitely a tough – you know, we were talking where would Mandarin fall because I was saying, like, I want to see Mandarin be that sleeper team that you don't want to see like a niece from mm-hmm. last year. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they can can get some magic going. Now, I definitely think they're capable of playing with anybody. I mean, we've seen them, you know, play against Barton yep. last week where they were in the game for a, a pretty good little while and then – Kind of Bartram does what they kind of do. They flex their muscle and yep. put the pedal to the metal and just kind of stretch you out. You know, Mandarin's had a couple of those games, bowls. They were in that game for a while. Didn't come out. So, 
it's it's going to be tough. So if I was picking, I was going to I would pick uh, Seminole to win. But to me, I think Mandarin is almost a year away. Yeah, still. I, would, I would definitely agree with that. They got a lot of young players. Yep. Obviously, the quarterback. Young, I like players. Jamie French and totally. I like Tremel Jones. Totally. I like those guys. That's what I'm saying. Another year of those guys as seniors. You're like, man, this this, this combination yep. is going to be nasty. And Tremel, those guys are sophomores. Yeah, I yeah, believe. yeah, yeah, yeah. This, so, that, that combination is going to be nasty. They are. I mean, that's so. a that is a team that is again. If you're looking at at 23 and 24, I mean, Mandarin is a. Uh, I don't even say a sleeper pick, but yeah. I think they're a trendy pick no, for def- a for a state championship kind of team by the right. time those guys leave. Yeah, and then you add some more elements, you know, who they got on, you know, young guys mm-hmm. that are going to step up, and who knows with kids coming in and leaving other schools to go there, they might be like, I want to go play with Tremel. Right. You know, I want to be opposite of Jamie French. And so I, I definitely think, like you said, they're a year away. But, you know, hey, make some potential magic happen right. this year, get an upset, and then, you know, who knows. But yep. That, yeah. that, to me, that – Bracket too, like is just tough in general. Yes, that is a tough one. I mean, you got a Popka in there. And, and I was about to say, really and truly, a Popka might be better than Seminole, right? You know what I'm saying? So I think I want to say they beat them. So that's yeah, one, di- that's their loss. I yes, believe. So but one of their champ. two losses. But yeah, that district champ, a Popka. So uh, interesting setup in that one. Three M run one three M. First Coast has got a tough one. Their first playoff berth since 2014, Ooh. going to ten and zero. Edgewater maybe the best team in the state. Uh, Fletcher hosting Tampa Bay Tech. Um, good to see theatric phase in year two. This looks like a complete Fletcher team. They're eight and two, district champ back to back years. But I really like what theatric has done over there in a short period of time. Yeah, definitely. We've talked about you know what the evolution of the new look Fletcher Senators have been under C four. You knew it was going to take a little bit of time to come come together. They put their their backs on their defense and said, "Hey, this is we're going to be a defensive team first and that's what they kind of showed last year. Definitely offensive development has come into play this year. They've they've uh, Tate has a, looked good. He's looked he's really looked good at quarterback. Good. He's looked good at quarterback. You got a, a nice receiver. Um, they've been able to run the ball. So like they've kind of picked up to where they've got good offense and good defense. And, and they're another team that Marcellus is an underclassman. Definitely. No, that, they're, and they're, that's, that's another, another team for right. next year too. You're, where you're definitely right. You're you're eight and two this year already. And you've really improved. I mean, Fletcher limped to the finish last year, finished five and six, got hammered in their first round playoff game. And I like, and again, Fletcher to me is like a Mandarin where yeah. you've got, you, you've not overachieved this year, but really took a, a step forward. And then next year with what you've got coming back, I really like C4 and what they've done. Yeah, well, see, this bracket as well, too, is kind of tough because I think Edgewater is really good. Um, Jones is always really good. I, Tampa Bay Tech, I don't know since they're in Tampa. Obviously, I haven't paid attention to them. Obviously, eight and two. I don't know the level of who they've knocked off that's been worthy of like man. They they played a banger of a schedule. They had some nice wins against you know Armwood or whoever out of that area. But if they can if they can muster up you know some big play on offense, I feel like they could maybe get that win. But yep. if they got to play Edgewater, then that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> And uh, the biggest region in our area here, Region 1-2-M, uh, we knew it was going to be that way all season long. Riverside, Jackson, Bishop Moore, Bishop Kenny, Episcopal Bowles, Reigns, White. That is a tough region yeah. right there. Jackson's the number one seed, um, but I think they've got their hands full against Riverside in round one. Bishop Kenny, kind of what BK team will you get this week? Episcopal Bowles, I think we'll know how that one will fall. And then Reigns and White. So who do you like to come out of that region? Yeah, I like Bowles, man. I, I do, too. That, I I <laughs> I do. I think Bowles that last week really showed me this team is refocused. And, um, you know, if we see a Bowles kind of – maybe a Bowles-Jackson yeah. regional final. I'm thinking, in my opinion, I think I think Jackson wins against Riverside. I think they, they get get back to winning. But 
I'm st- I still love Ed White. I don't know what it is. I know the quarterback's injured. You know, Teal, he's out for the year. He hurt his leg, hurt his knee. I don't know what the what it was, but I know he's out. So they've been kind of a heavy run team, which they've kind of been all year with Tavales and, and uh, Devon Patterson. So, but I still – and even Benny Lewis. They've got three-headed monster yep. over there. So I, I, I like what Ed White's doing. And so, I've you know, they their two losses are to Trinity, first week of the season. Obviously, that was – decades ago it seems like yep. week one they knocked Fletcher off or no that's Fletcher's lost that, to Fletcher. that, that's, that's where they lost the game yep. Fletcher that was the surprise I was like man I was like that game again they were coming off Isaiah Teal had had been injured I was at the game I got it on film he actually was running in a two-point conversion and I don't know if it tore his knee or, or broke his leg or whatever but that's been his game he's he's not played since so yeah. you come back against Fletcher and you lose that game as your offense is kind of transitioning so that right. was a surprising loss 22 to 8 uh, to Fletcher, but again, you lose to Fletcher eight and two, and Trinity ten and zero. I mean, that's respectable. It's pretty, and, pretty and, solid. And like I say, I, I love th- their defense is good. Like, Reigns has been, you know, off and on. They've, I just, I don't, I don't know. I can't get put my finger on. It's not the Reigns of, no. of who we've known. Yeah, you dude, know? they've. And, to me, they've been a little inconsistent. Yeah, on offense. totally. They're, you know, quarterback play has been not so good here and there. Defensively, they're not as good as they've been in the past. They really don't have that dynamic, dynamic either running back or mm-hmm. receiver. Um, so they've kind of just been they've been winning games, but I just I like Ed White in that game, and then I don't know J- Jackson they they sca- are scaring me a little bit. So maybe let, let me show me something this week against Riverside, you know, build some confidence back in me and show me that like because because you know th- this is the playoffs, man. It's a different it's a different animal, mm-hmm. and you know the playmakers are gonna have to come out and and play, and I like I still like Ed White's playmakers, Devon Patterson to me. You talk, oh, he's about a Orel, you talk about Oriel Gray. Like yeah, Devon this, is this, awesome. This kid could play every position yep. on the field. So, and he's going to basically be be leaned heavy on. And so I like I like them kind of coming out of there. But then what I think ends up happening is they play a Bulls team who's kind of like we said four minute together. I think you blow out Episcopal, and I think you get some get back against BK. Now you've won three in a row after getting the Bulls mm-hmm. win to close out the year. Now you've got all the confidence and swag and everything. Now you're playing against a one-dimensional Ed White team, so I like Bowles coming out of there. That's, yeah. that's kind of where I, that's, that's where I'm seeing it right now. Right, so that would be a Jackson Ed White matchup in right. round two, yeah. according to you and Bowles BK. That th- those are toss-ups, yeah. and well, to me the Jack. I don't think the Bowles game is a toss-up. I think Bowles wins that. Yeah, game. I think I, now don't get me wrong. Jackson Ed White, Jackson can do. They can get back to their ways, find a way to win, mm-hmm. and and get on. But then even if Jackson's playing Bowles, I still kind of like Bowles better in that game. I just like the matchup. Of, you know, DJ being able to throw the ball and their run game mm-hmm. and their defense. Basically, we've talked about Jackson's struggles a bit on offense. So, uh, Bowles defense, you know, three weeks of you know getting back right after after the the loss to BK. I think that maybe that BK fourteen thirteen loss helped Bowles. Yeah, you know? I do. I think that helped <laughs> them. Like you said, focused them up significantly. And said, hey, guys, like BK, we should never lost this game. Let's get back to what Bulls football is all about. Right. We had that big heavy stretch early in the year. Where we played some, some beast, and our quarterback was out. And you know we took some lumps, but you know now it's time to. This is where this is where the team shine yeah, in the playoffs. Exactly. So, I, and we have you know, the regional semifinals this week in in one one M, two of our top teams in the area. Trinity Christian UC off this week. So weird how this breaks down. Trinity Christian will host Orlando Christian Prep. UC will host First Academy. Now, weird scenario there. OCP actually won the district. They right. club 
first academy, yeah. beat them 31 like, to 7. Yeah, and somehow they draw the reward for winning their district and coming up to Trinity Christian yeah. and uh, getting beaten that game. So, uh, first academy finished 8 and 2. Um, got, again, got beat by OCP handily. So, first academy actually has a higher seed than a yeah. team that. You know, won a district championship, so a little confusing there. Um, they come up to UC. I think, uh, again, Trinity Christian saw OCP in the playoffs last year. That was a tough game for yeah. them. Um, they needed all of Trayon Webb's help to win that game. Trust so me. that's not until November 18th. So those teams get a week off this week. I know uh, Verlin Dormany, David Pinlin the third, excited about having uh, a little bit of a break to recharge and uh, prepare for that game. And, uh, you know, we, we've said all season long, Trinity UC will play twice this year. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if – we don't see that no, matchup. They're, they're definitely going to – I definitely got TC and UC winning next weekend. I think I playing, think they win handily. Playing Black Friday night. And um, Union County and Hilliard, uh, they are off this week, so they will play next week. Uh, the winner of Branford, Mayo, Lafayette, and then Fort White, Madison County. So uh, Union County, Hilliard off this week as well, just like UC and Trinity Christian. So Sponge, 17 playoff games this week. I'm not going to ask you winners on individual games, but give me a number – that you're comfortable with saying that we will have uh, out of those 17 games, how many local teams win? Half. So okay, you're saying maybe eight or nine come eight, out of this. I'm, I'm going to go eight or nine. I mean, I I'll go ten just to be put a round number on it, just to give us some love. But obviously, we've got some local matchups, so some some are going to get knocked mm-hmm. out anyways. But yeah, I I think anywhere between that eight, nine, ten range, we'll have. I think so. We and, tend to. It, it almost seems like we lose. And in this, it's like you lose maybe forty percent round one. You yeah. lose a lot of a lot of it in the round two and three. So I'm with you. I say between uh, we have seventeen local games. I would say nine to ten yeah, that's, that's would kinda, be that's where would pe- be coming through. I'd peg it right there, and I think we'd be pretty solid with that. Just there's some of these matchups that are good, and some matchups aren't good. Like First Coast Edgewater. Like I love First Coast and what Marty yep. has done. I'm glad they got in the playoffs. Your reward is getting to go play Cedric Baxter and Edgewater's offense and. That's get, a tough one. Get run over for 300 yards. Yeah. I mean, that, Edgewater's legit. But I have so. seen, you know, First Coast. I know one year they were 10-0 and, <laughs> yeah, and lost no, in the first hey, round. No, hey, trust. We definitely have seen that, too. Yeah, so. we've seen Trinity lose in the first yeah, round definitely. when they were heavily favored. And no, it's like I say, anything, this is what's great about the playoffs. You kind of get in these games, and I don't know, the mojo and the juju takes over, and all of a sudden you're like, man, why is this game close right now? And then all of a sudden the ball doesn't bounce your way, and then next thing you know, you're in a fourth quarter game, and – you end up coming yep. on the wrong end of it. There's like, always I don't there's know what the heck happened tonight. Always a surprise in yeah. round one. Yeah, and like I say, last year it would have been Nice. Yes. So Nice knocked off Niceville. Was that round one or no? That was. Uh, no, they beat they beat uh, the Orlando team on the block punt. Right. But that that made that magical run. That was still a two seven game. Yep. Spru- was it Spruce Creek? Was it Smyrna? New Smyrna? I thought it was either. I can't. It, 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 was, may, it was Spruce Creek. Spruce yeah. Creek. Yeah. So that was a two versus seven matchup, and we kind of. Had Nice like, oh, it was a great year for you guys. They get that win, and all of a sudden they knock off a nice Right. Win. So there's so, always that yeah. is always that happens in round one. It's just a matter of Who is what it? team yeah. is the, is on that winning end of that. A couple other football coaching moves. Uh, Damian Springs of Fleming Island is out. He has stepped down, and Mike Montemayor of Atlantic Coast is out. Uh, different seasons for those guys. Fleming Island finished 5-4. and four. Uh, The Stingrays 0-10. 
Um, so different uh, different types of seasons for them. But uh, those two schools will be looking for new coaches this year. That will not be the last two that we see. We will see quite a bit more as uh, as we get into the winter and teams kind of reassess things and whatnot. Um, National Signing Day is uh, began today for all sports other than football. We have a full list of signings on newsforjacks.com, so check those out. You can stay connected to our podcast, our newsletter, and also all the current information, newsforjacks.com. Check out there for any playoff adjustments there. For Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, we are heading into the week one of the playoffs. We'll come back talk about next week. Uh, recap as we go into the second round of the playoffs, hopefully talking about a lot of local winners. Thanks for joining us.